0: I want you to today to focus that I teach you the Word of God, and what I want to tell you today is very important and very uh, sobering. The war in Israel is no small thing, it's very significant for each one of you sitting here. Um, I'm from a German Jewish family that exiled the Holocaust, so the Second World War had a major impact. On my family's lives and uh, historically we were hundreds of years living in Germany and then we had to exile on a refugee ship that took them to Africa, took us to Africa and I was born and raised in Cape Town and I got born again when I was 13 and uh, I've always walked with the Lord, I love the Lord so much and the older I've become I love him even more. And uh, so I haven't lost any of my Jewishness, if you want to call it that. And I take tours to Israel. I'm going, to, taking a tour in December. That was the plan of 50 people. I would go regularly to Israel. It's a big part of, of bringing Christ to people because it makes the Word of God come alive like you cannot imagine. Especially with someone like me that will bring the Jewish and the Christian together and the life of Jesus and make you understand the Word of God. Because there's so much that I thought everybody understood that I only realized later in life that I come from a Jewish tradition, that we understand some of the jargon that Gentiles don't, they read over, they don't understand it. But what I want you to know today that's so very important, there's not a single person in this room, male, female, black or white, fat or thin, old or young, That is here today by accident. God said many are called and few are chosen. You may have a history of less than happy things. You may have a history of disappointments and things that you wish you hadn't done. But either way God chose you. That's why you're here. The word chosen translates into Jew. That's where the word Jew comes from. So that you must understand today, please, that you are as much a Jew in the eyes of God as any Israeli that counts himself Jewish. It is not a genetic, but it is a conviction. Nehemiah was trying to keep the Jews that are integrated with the Syrians out from building the wall. And God talked to him and told him that it had nothing to do with the genetics, but rather with, because they had intermarried, but rather with the faith. And so they they were to welcome those that would, would receive the Jewish faith. And so you are here today and you are joint heirs. Pastor, so rightly said that you are joint heirs. You are joined in and integrated into the family of God. These Jews that are in Israel are your brother. They serve the same God you do. They do not embrace Christ as the Savior because that has been the question and it was part of the destiny, but they are your brothers as you are you theirs. And people have so many Predictions and prophecies, and there are so many people throughout the world that have had in my walk with the Lord. They've had uh, all kinds of predictions, whether it is 88 reasons why Christ would return in 88, or whether it was Y2K, or whether it was a blue moon, red moon, green moon. There was always something that they were predicting and being. Uh, even COVID was an act of the devil or conspiracies. Always, the, everybody's got some theory. For me personally, I've always gauged to the time clock of God with the journey of Israel, the people of God. And we are the joint heirs of that nation and then becoming a nation in 1948, was no small thing after being 2,000 years scattered. It's no small thing, even this war that is uh, at the moment happening. In your life, you have so many challenges and difficulties. And I was very attentive to the song choices of the worship today. This is how I fight my battles. Every one of us are always fighting battles. And I want to tell you a little story about the Lord Jesus and about What happened that you may relate to this today. It it reads from the book of John chapter 4 about Jesus who in the beginning of the chapter is in Jerusalem and are baptizing so many people. And because of that the Pharisees say that Jesus is baptizing more than John the Baptist. And when Jesus hears this, the scripture says, he tells his disciples, let us go back then to Galilee. He avoided the ministry fame or competitiveness, and he went back to Galilee, and that means a whole week's walk, and they chose the path of going straight through Samaria. Samaria was in the middle between the north and the south, and it was a mixture of Assyrians and Jews, which had begun with Jacob who had married, intermarried and so sunk a well and the Samaritans were a nation that arose and became the scourge for the Jewish race because they weren't as purebred and the Puritans of the Jewish race. There's always so many mixtures. Even in Christendom, we have people that believe if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus, you're not baptized. Some believe that only they are going to heaven and some believe that there's only 144,000. And I can go on and tell you every doctrine from every grouping from Christianity we have many different churches, so you can also find many different groupings amongst the Jewish people, whether they're Pharisees, Sadducees, whether they're Zealots, Extremists, whether they're <laughs> the There so many groups that are just so extreme. Now, in the time of Jesus, he was walking and came through a town called Sichar, And wanting, at the middle of the day, to get lunch, he sent disciples into town and sat at the well where a tree was probably under cool shade, but there was no one there because it's midday. People draw water in the morning and in the evening. And along came a woman, in the middle of the day, most unusually to draw water at the same time Jesus was there. And he asked for a drink, which is nothing but normal to ask for a drink. She's got a pitcher, she's thirsty, it's water, it's well, and she spits out all her hurt, her anger, and everything that's wrong in her life. She says to this total stranger, you, a Jew, speak to me, a Samaritan and a woman at that because you Jews don't associate with us Samaritans. All her anger for being a woman, second rate citizen and the Samaritan, she spat out on a total stranger. Jesus responded and said to her, if you knew the gift, the gift of God, and who it is that speaks to you, you would have asked of him. And he would have given you living water. And she begins to discourse with him more of the words. And she's frustrated because men have always meant to her seductive, manipulative. She hadn't had a pleasant journey. By the time she met Jesus, she had five husbands. She'd been through five marriages. I guess after the... Five marriages. You don't blame the men anymore. I'm sure you'd begin to think there's something maybe wrong with me too. It was such a devastation for her. She wasn't willing to get married the sixth time. Now, against all that she's learned and raised in, now she's living with a man. And so here she meets Jesus, a total stranger, and she spits out all her anger on a total stranger. She's so burned on the inside. And Jesus is waiting for her, knowing full well what's wrong in her life, not embarrassing her or isolating her, things that are wrong. He begins to wait for her to finally ask him, then give me some of this living water. He will never invade, even though he knows what's going on. He wants you to come to him. For whatever reason you do, even if you need, he doesn't make a difference as long as you come. When he invited, when the gospel was preached, he said, come to me. All that you are heavy laden. You've got to, Make an effort to come. He won't go and get you. You've got to come to him. That's all you've got to do. There's no repentance, no gnashing of teeth, no crying. Just come and I will give you rest. That was the message out of his mouth. So eventually she said, okay, give me some of this living water so I won't have to keep coming here. And eventually, because she said that, he now unfolds with the word of knowledge that he does know. Oh, you go call your husband then. I I cannot. I don't have a husband. speak the truth. You've had five, and you live with a man. So when she spoke that word of knowledge, because it was the very thing that was eating in her soul, and she said her whole demeanor changed and said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. And then she changed the subject to the place of worship, which shows how much involved she was in understanding the ways of God. You Jews claim we ought to worship God in Jerusalem, but we are taught to worship God here on this well that was given to us by our common father, Jacob. And Jesus answers her, he said, woman, a time is coming that you'll neither worship God here or in Jerusalem, but you'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And then came a verse that was devastating to me recently when I stumbled upon it again after reading. In John chapter four and verse 22, this is the words of our Lord Jesus. He said, you Samaritans, worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. And I thought that was so strange because the Samaritans worshipped the same God, they had the same Bible, they had the same synagogues, they had the same religion, everything was the same. Why would he say salvation is from the Jews? You're worshipping what you do not know. Because salvation is from the Jews. He couldn't, and I thought he was for years referring to himself as the saviour, but he hadn't died yet, so... How was he talking about salvation? And then I began to understand that the songs of salvation have always been heralded and sung by the Israelites. Every psalm talks about victory. And today you sang, I'll fight my battles. And you spoke about victory and overcoming and how that God would help when you called upon Him and fought the battles. And that when you sang today, you may never realize, but Everyone in this room, and then even the lady that was admonishing and exhorting you, was saying, you may not be fighting a battle today, but somebody is, think of them, because it's true, and I think everybody's got something that they're concerned about. Your life is riddled with battles. And then I began to reflect on the nation of Israel. God already predicted to Abraham, the promise of God, that he would have a son, and that God would bless him. His wife was not yet pregnant when God prophesied in Genesis 15 that his descendants of a son he hasn't got yet, hasn't pre- impregnated his wife yet, already his descendants are going to be slaves. That is how the nation started. When I take a tour and I go follow the wall, the Western Wall of the temple area, there's some, there, is a, there are stones that are enormously long and huge and many, many tons. And always someone in the crowd asks me, how did they know to move such a thing and to cut such a thing? And always my answer is, we had such a lot of practice in Egypt. We learned how to build for 400 years, all the difficulties. So this is nothing. This is monkey business compared to the pyramids. And so Herod was in a formidable builder. And they are, I'm talking about from that, that side wall to here, one piece of rock that's cut carefully and moved, a huge stone in the foundation of the temple mount. It's a huge, huge stone, very big, size of an 18-wheeler truck. And they would move those things. And so why I'm telling you, they suffered greatly as a nation, All their history, from one battle to another. Right now we are witnessing another battle. Many people were killed. You're talking about 9 million people in the nation, in the entire nation, and already 1,000 wiped out in the first attack. There was 900-odd people killed of Israel for no apparent reason. Even Americans were in the mix. And so... They have always had battles. They didn't go looking for a fight. The fight came to them. And so in your life, there are many things that happen that you didn't anticipate. Some you caused. Some you sowed seeds. Some just happened because it came looking for you. But life is full of challenges. And the only way that you've learned to know God, and I will always ask people that when they say they saved, how they know they saved. And they will always recite scriptures to me and all the paraphernalia and jargon of the church, and rightly so, until I keep pursuing them. And they will eventually answer always the same, all of them. They'll always end up telling me that I know him because I experience him. I have experienced him. Experiential reality becomes the true answer. Well, how did you experience him? And they'll begin to recite their own personal encounter. And it's always a difficulty that they had that God delivered them. That it was no small thing and there was no human possibility. It was too many coincidences, too many strange phenomena that was undeniably God. And it's through those strange experiences that they began to recognize and identify God and his His love for them in their lives. Everyone that knows the Lord going through life has experienced God in this way. In a marriage, you only get to know each other through challenges. You get to know each other properly and bond. When you first get married, you say that you're in love, but it's mostly in lust and totally ignorant at that too. And God is so gracious that he allows two idiots to get married only to find out they're not matched well, and they start to battle to find a way to live together. And they begin to grow, and iron sharpens iron, and they begin to change, and it becomes a tool in God's hand to use to change us. You don't get the wife or the husband you want, you get the one you need. Because God supplies your needs. And so he'll grind and work on us through all these relationships that we may die that he can live in us. Stay with me now. So he tells this woman that you worship what you do not know because Samaritans never paid a price for what they had. And the Jews paid a price thousands of years repeatedly for their faith in God. People hate Jews and they don't even know why they hate them. And it's been such a violent hatred all throughout the years. In Matthew 24, Jesus predicts and prophesies, he says a more terrible time has not yet been or will ever be again. If it was for the church, then it wouldn't be if added be again. If it was a tribulation. What it's saying is there's a time coming for when he was talking to the Jews because he came for the Jews and he said so. And he came for, the, for Israel and so he was predicting the destruction of of Jerusalem, and the scattering of a nation in 70 A.D. Because from 70 A.D. to 1948, the nation was scattered, persecuted, and suffered greatly for 2,000 years. They became a nation again, and we have the conflict. and I wish I could explain the details of the Palestinian and Israeli conflict in a consistent basis, but it finds its roots. In the very beginning of Ishmael and Israel the very beginning of the two always conflicting because the birthright from the eldest son is trying to gain from the first wants to have it's got they have so much land and so much but they want the little piece that the Israel belongs to Israel they want what Israel they want the birthright they want everything and that's that spirit that continually rages when God told Abraham to send his son away. He asked God to bless him and he said, okay, because you asked me, he will be like the grains of the sand on the beach, that plentiful, and he will be stubborn and always at war with his brother. That's what God said as a result of blessing. I don't know how that's a blessing, but it's been a journey and a half, which you are very involved in. Why am I telling you all this is because in your life you have had so many difficulties and troubles and that's the only way you've learned to know who God really is in your life. Because God will use that to demonstrate his glory and his power. Because salvation is from the Jews because they know God. They've learned to know God. All their songs, all their psalms, all their praise, all their prayers are salutations of God's victories, of breakthroughs. Are you not the one that delivered us from the hand of the Egyptians and part of the Red Sea, they would celebrate the victories and the salvations of God. They would celebrate because a Savior would come. They would know that the re- reconciliation of man to God was through the law, and the Lord pointed to the salvation of our Lord Jesus, because that's where the Savior came from, the people calling to God, the nation of Israel. Why am I telling you this is we find also an alarming scripture in the book of Mark chapter. Nine And I believe it's verse 39 that says, and of course you've heard about these scriptures that says that we are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its savor or flavor, it's worthless. It needs only to be trampled by animals under the feet, under foot. But the verse that precedes it says, everyone, not some, not Christians, everyone is salted by fire. So to become salty, you need fire. According to the words of Jesus, Mark 9, you need fire to be salted. When you start losing your saltiness, you're going through fire again. And it'll keep making you salty because every time you go through a fire and you're desperate enough, you will call upon the Lord and again taste of the goodness and the power of God. So many of you have remarkable testimonies of what God has done, how God has delivered you. So many of you have great joy from the things that God has breakthrough you are so overwhelmingly convinced in the goodness of God that when they sing of these songs you worship because it means something to you because you've seen God when nobody else could help you God did it for you and you've learned to know that and you try and pass it on to other people when they can't see it because they're miserable struggling not giving God a chance to be the strong deliverer he said you Samaritans worship what you do not know you've never had the hardship you've never known God to break through for you because you never had those difficulties. We Jews have had thousands and thousands of years of constant difficulty, persecution, and hardship, as have Christians. No religion has been more persecuted than Judaism and Christianity. You never will find the, the, the Muslims or those that are so violent, Al Qaeda, trying to behead Hare Krishna. They're not infidels, apparently. Neither are the Buddhists. It's the Christians and the Jews that are infidels. They joined the brothers. We are one family and we are hated. Christians are hated as much almost as the Jews are just because they're Jewish. Christians have been persecuted for a long time. And it just tells you how real it is. God has not changed. He's yesterday. Today and forever the same, he is the almighty God and he's for you. You are passing through in this world and you have many challenges. And Jesus said in this world, in this world, in this world, you will, you will, not maybe, you will, have many, not some, but many troubles. You see, I said this, that you would not be concerned because I've overcome the world. That's what he said, he wanted to prepare you not to be reactionary to your troubles or your challenges because that's it. therein is where God has demonstrated his whole power and his glory. And so I'm here to tell you today, and when you face a battle, it is time for God to come on the scene and show you his greatness. You have the ability to call upon him in the time of trouble and he will answer you. Men trust in chariots and in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. There is, is no name whereby a man shall be saved. There is no name and no way of salvation but through the Lord your God. You're sitting here because most of you in this room have tasted God in some way and experienced him as someone that helped you where nobody else could or would many of you are sitting here because you know deep in your heart there is no one else there is no God like him deep in your heart you know that he's not abandoned or forsaken you or rejected you because you keep doing stupid things he keeps loving you and welcoming you back you know that he's a good God that's why you're sitting here And no matter what you do, when you call upon him, he will answer because you are joint heirs through the blood of the Lamb you have become joint heirs with, with the blessings of God the blessings of Abraham and the blessings of the almighty Jesus is on your life and all God's goodness is there the difficulty you don't understand is God's favor on your life often causes you more difficulties because people are envious and jealous and it evokes the, evokes the devil's anger when the blessing and the favor of God is on you and he'll try to deter upon your life. I have been coming to this church for some years and I've stood by and watched your pastor over the years who I think is an amazing pastor and father in the faith. If we had kept all the people that have passed through this church and that have left, whether they were transferred or whether they died or whether they left for wrong reasons, we would have packed this house. The influence of this couple that lead this church have been phenomenal, but yet I've watched him fight battle after battle and the grace that he would show some of the most difficult of his sheep that I would have myself abandoned long ago, that he would continue being kind and long-suffering with and how many battles and I'm so grateful that he never... Stopped, gave up, tried to do something else. He, he's a brilliant man, and he could have succeeded in the natural on every level you can imagine, but he would lay his life down for the family of God. And there were times when he was worn down, disappointed, hurt, and weary, but he kept on moving forward. And so the father of this house has done this and so should you, and I strongly urge you not to criticize or have an opinion about the church or the leadership, because it's not perfect, and neither will it be perfect. Any church be perfect while you are here. The longer, you, as long as you are here, it's even less perfect, because God doesn't use and make people that are perfect. He calls those that are heavy laden and come to Him, and He'll give you rest. There is no God like Him, and He does hear your prayers. All you have to do is call and ask you don't even have to be a christian to call upon the lord just call just call god is that good in fact luke 6 verse 33 says that god is kind to the ungrateful and evil he's kind to them to these kind to them god's kind to bad people he can be kind to those that follow him Wouldn't you imagine? If he expects you to forgive your brother 70 times 7, you can be sure that he's got that multiplication even further for himself as he keeps on forgiving us. So let's put behind us what is behind us and press on towards the goal as we pass through this life and find what God's will is for us right here in Lexington and what he's got for us. And I'm grateful and I thank you, Pastor, for not giving up. I thank you for persevering and being the man that you are. I think if anything that I would uh, boast or advertise of him it would be the fact that he's a genuine father in the, in the faith, in, this, in every natural way. The fathers are a rarity in our nation. In fact, the great onslaught of the church has been to destroy fatherhood. We've had such a rampage of divorce in the last 50 and 40 years that kids are grown up. Fatherless. They've grown up with mothers and no father, and stepfathers, and then a new stepfather, and constant changing. And so, when it comes to worshiping God, there was no way to identify a heavenly father. And when I meet a father like this that is genuinely fatherly in every way, I just admire and take my hat off, which I don't have on right now, and admire such a man of God. Thank you for what you do for the Lord. So what I'm appealing to you today for is several things. The first thing is I want you to stop your whining. I don't want to hear your whining anymore about, oh, woe is me. And I have got this, so much is going on that's negative. You're always going to have something that you're going to have to fight. But every time you have a fight, you have a victory waiting for you. That's the promise of God. He didn't promise you a pain-free life, just a healed one. He didn't promise you a trouble-free life, but a victorious one. He promised you, and you can't have a victorious life without the battle. You're going to have those wars. And God is quite okay with you going through that because he strengthens your faith. And so you may strengthen others because you've walked that journey. So wherever you find yourself, your trouble's not worse than the next one, it's just different. We all have challenges in this room, but the Lord is the same God who delivers you, delivers the person sitting next to you. He is a strong deliverer. Salvation is from the Jews or from the Christians, from the people that know God. You worship what you do know because God has made himself known through his salvation in your life, saving your soul, redeeming you when you were down, picking you up when things were bad, supplying your needs, making ways for you that seemed to be in a way. And once again, watch God move for Israel. Watch how God will deliver the nation. Watch what God will do. I believe the Lord spoke to me and told me that because they were not aggressive, because they were more conservative in all the things, trying to keep the United Nations happy and everyone pleased, they didn't deal with the constant negativity and God is Step the nation, stepping the nation up to be a little more aggressive to possess what God has set the stage correctly for his return. Because the Lord is coming back, there is no question the return is coming. So, this is all part of the first stages of the things that God's getting ready for his return. You're sitting here today, God handpicked you. You may think that you happened to come into this church. God carefully picked you. He sent you. He orchestrated all the circumstances to bring you where you are. And all the things that you are whiny and negative about, you can put them aside today. The second thing I want you to do is start to call upon the name of the Lord with an expectancy that He's going to answer you Today, I heard the pastor talk about finances today and about uh, the, quoting Malachi 3 that God would open the heavens. It is uh, clearly once again from my Jewish culture. I understand the Gentiles have a very strange idea of offerings and tithes and and. Uh, and sowing seeds. And I tried to bring clarity to my Gentile friends or they? because I see they don't understand it. Let me just bring clarity to you. Tithing was never an Old Testament plan or a New Testament one. It started way before any Israel began. It was with Melchizedek who was a priest and a king which is related to Jesus in the, the same order. The Romans talks about the same order. And he was a deliverer for Abraham helped him in a battle. And when Abraham saw that he was a true spiritual man, he decided to honor him by giving a piece of his income on a regular basis. And that's where tithing, as was faith, born both for Jew and Gentile, those that would follow the living God. So tithing for a Jew is not something we debate or argue about or try to reason. It's the most natural thing for us to do is to tithe to the living God. And gladly, when we tithe, we don't try to count what they're going to do with it. tithing. Was never built, was designed to finance a church. The the tithing was always meant to finance God's leadership and His priesthood. God would always build the synagogues and the temples with offerings. That's how God did that. That's I'm just telling you the word of God. But put the tithing aside, then we hear the Christians talk about sowing a seed and giving to God. And well, sowing a seed is. For every single living, breathing person. You don't have to be a Christian to sow a seed and reap. God is not mocked. That's what it says scripturally. Not mocked what a man, not a Christian, a person, a human being sows, he's going to reap. Whatever you sow. If you sow pumpkin seeds, you're going to get pumpkin. If you sow evil, you will get evil. If you sow money, that's what you're going to get. What bothers me is my Gentile friends will often sow a seed into a ministry, but they're not sowing with an expectancy. they literally, in their mind, giving, hoping for something to return. But you've got to name your return because you put a pumpkin seed in, you don't want green beans to come, you want pumpkin to come. So if you put money in, you've got a name, and you've got to determine you can't put one seed in to a pumpkin and hope there'll be several vines You're going to put in as many as you can to get the harvest you want. It's your harvest that determines your seed, what you have in your mind. And that's how seed and harvest time works for the Lord. And then you've got to, there's a whole tactical way when you sow seed you've got to make sure it's the right soil prepared well and you follow after you nurture it you nurture it through faith and prayer that's how you get the good harvest bad harvest if you drive here in this city even on high bridges you will see weeds as tall as I am that nobody sowed that nobody watered and they grow bad seed like anger unforgiveness will always come back to you without any effort But good seed, you've got to nurture. You've got to make sure you sow it carefully, prayerfully, and put that seed in with an expectancy of return and and nurture it with your prayer and faith. But now put that all aside. Let's go to the Jewish side, which he mentioned now, when he said, tithes and offering, I'll open the heavens to you. When you sow it, Give a seed to someone or a gift, when, and you want to return, that, that is a seed, and you can't sow money to a ministry and expect that God will heal your body. That's not how it works, unfortunately. God does heal, and He'll open the heavens when you bring an offering. Now, this is how offerings work for us Jews. You have to tithe. If you haven't tithed, you haven't given an offering yet. In fact, if you haven't tithed, every offering you give is only compensating for your tithing until you've met your tithe. Then the offerings begin to come alive. But an offering is attached to the word sacrifice. There has to be something that costs you that you feel it wasn't easy. A tithe is a portion of your income, it's not something that you struggle with but you pay taxes and you pay enormous interest rates on your credit cards. so a tie should not be difficult for you to comprehend a portion of the income but an offering is something that's holy to God and precious and when you bring an offering to God it's got to cost you something and it's between you and God and you have to feel it it must hurt in your natural man Well, I could have used that money this way or I could have done this this, with that thing. When you bring an offering to God, it gets God's attention. I will show you many scriptures, including Cornelius, who gave generously, that got an angelic visitation while his top leader, Peter, didn't trying to find God's will. He had to get a vision of a sh- of food, like object coming down with a sheet. He didn't have an angel come and make clear to him like it did in Cornelius because God was moved by the sacrifice. It was not the large amounts in the offering at the back of the church that got Jesus' attention, but the full amount that all she had, the woman that gave the poor woman, she, the sacrifice that was involved is what got God's attention. You came with nothing, To this earth, you're going to leave with nothing. You may enjoy your diamonds. You may enjoy your nice car and your expensive home. But when you leave here, that stays right there. You could enjoy it for those few years, but it's gone. It's all just stuff. But the sacrifice you make will go with you into eternity because that's what touches the heart of God. So when it comes to offering, it's between you and God. Whatever they do with it, whoever you're giving the offering to is not your business. The offering's in you and God and you're opening the heavens. And that's where the miracles and healing, there's no telling what God will do when you bring an offering that costs you something to God. There's no telling what God will respond with and how long it will go much more. When you sow a seed, you expect a certain harvest and rightfully so and God's promised it. He's not mocked, he'll do what he said. But when it comes to an offering, there's no telling. It may go on the rest of your life. You may give in an offering that cost you all you had, your very last $100 or $1,000, and then the rest of your life, money keeps pouring in because you opened the gates, you opened the heavens. And we understand that in our Jewish ways. We, when we had do business, there is no compromise. We're not going to remember our friendship because we are in business But when you come to my house, I'm going to show you the hospitality that our culture has learned and and been indoctrinated with, and and we're going to give you all that we can at home, because that's, we know, the blessing of God. But when we do business, we do business, because there's a different place for that. But when you give to God, you give to God, you give to God, and you let go of it, because the blessing of God will come. It doesn't help to give to God if you're a rotten steward, if you are unwise with what God has given you then it's been very difficult for you to take care of God's business what do I mean well here in America God has always blessed America because they're the most generous givers in God's kingdom but they're also the most foolish stewards there's no nation in the world that you get credit cards you didn't ask for in the mail that repeatedly until you start using a credit card and thinking I'll just use it this once and I'll pay it off and let go of it and you still have the credit card in your wallet after 10 years with a 24% interest rate which is very high and you keep thinking you're going to pay it and you couldn't afford something happened this month so you didn't pay it and the interest began to compound or you refinance your house only a Gentile would refinance their house. Because the the amount of money you're paying on a refinance eventually is four or five times the value of the house. You're paying, you're feeding the financing company with enormous lots of money. These are bad stewardship rules and ways. When you make debt, when you buy a car, buy a house, there's nothing wrong with having a contract and paying off your mortgage. Nothing wrong with that. But then you must make war on your debt it must become your enemy so when you get extra income which is so common amongst my fellow Christians and friends that I meet more money comes they don't change their debt payment all they do is allocate another debt and pay with that money or buy something else they didn't need instead of using that money to kill the debt that they started because that's the way that God would want you to do it. He wants you to become a good steward so he can trust you with more. And then the other side is that God will often ask you to see what sacrifice you will make because you've allocated some money for yourself or for this thing, and he'll check on you to see if you're willing to give that up. He's watching your heart. It wasn't God's plan that I, I thought he should kill Isaac, but he said, I want you to sacrifice your son to see if he would and God will often put his finger on something in your life that you don't want to surrender to see what's inside of your heart these are all real parts of walking with God if you really are you really belong to him in your life's journey you started out with nothing you leave with nothing you've had difficulty and there's been a pattern and a journey of life for you you grew up and went to school and got married and had children and a whole pattern of life is in motion and there are wars and things around you going on all the time but your life is eternal your spirit man is eternal and you got born again which gives you the guarantee of eternal life and all the things you do here and all the responses to God will determine what you'll be doing with him because we are training for reigning with him. We will be reigning in eternity with him. Over what and why? What will be reigning? And all this we do here is preparing us for that there. I'm always so grateful and I keep uh, um, honoring your pastor because he's been a great example to to me, I've watched him with many difficulties and frustrations and how he handled them. And he always learned from them and grew from them and got stronger from them. It is good for you to learn from such a leader in your church. And I urge you really not to be critical, but learn all you can because he's paid a price to be where he is. And he has great wisdom from God. And so that's what I want so badly for you that you can become the fruitful tree God made you to be. Yes, you've got marriage problems. Yes, you've got kids that do want to serve. God. Yes, you have health challenges. They they've diagnosed you with whatever else, and you've got all these challenges. But if you didn't have the one challenge, you'd have the other. We all Have challenges. And it's all part of getting to know Him because salvation is from the Jews, Jesus said. Because at that time we hadn't had the Christian church, because salvation comes from us because we know our strong deliverer in whom we believed. You sang these songs this morning, you sang those songs because you know that God is your strong helper. You know that God has helped you. And I hope that many of you in this room can say, if I was the last Christian on the planet, I would still serve and honor God. I'd put Him first because of what the Lord has done for me. There is no God like our God. He's the God of Israel. He's the God of the living church. He's the God of Bethel, right here in Lexington, the same God. It is your family, your brothers that are at war. Let your prayers be directed by the Holy Ghost to pray that God give victory and protect your brothers and sisters over there that have been so attacked. Because they are your family. They are you. Are, we are joint heirs. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you are family. If you look around you in this church, these people are your family. Regardless of their weight, their color, their age, they are your family. They are God given. Family, more than your natural family. We are family. And this church is not, I heard him say he's a member of this church. To me, he's a member of this family. Because that's what your pastor is. I've watched him with his wife and children. They are family, family, family. And you belong to him. I've watched him tear his heart out for people in this church because he didn't want them to leave or suffer or do crazy things. He's a you have a family where you belong. Make take it seriously, no matter where you come from, what you've been through, what you've done, mistakes, that's yesterday's news is getting boring and old we don't want to hear it anymore we want you to move on and become all that God has for you today Amen. all right I am going to prophesy now I feel I'm about to land the plane because I have a green light and a red light I don't know if you know that's what they have on the boats and the planes so to know which way direction to go and Eric's going to come and uh, tell us about the product back there and then help me prophesy Eric is uh, family he's given me My my 10 grandkids I have, four of them come from him. Uh, They're the most expensive ones, but they're still (laughs) precious. He looks very young, but he's almost 50. Don't let him fool you. Hi, it's good to be here again. Hi. Um, We
1: have great product in the, it's going to be in the back. We have, uh, (laughs) we've got really great product (laughs) in the back. And if you love the prophetic word and prophecy, and I know this church really does, I've heard different prophets coming here. Like Andre and Ed for years, then you're going to want to get your hands on some of this material. Because, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, that follow the way of love. And love is in this house, definitely. Right? We have, I feel love in here. But uh, it says, eagerly desire the greater gifts, especially to prophesy. And, uh, and every one of us can prophesy. And many of us, if not all of us, have dreams. And so there's a great book on dreams, and I just want to encourage you to stop back there and invest in, in becoming a, a servant, a tool, a minister, because that's what all of you are. You have so much ministry within you. Amen?
0: Let, let me just ask you, please, if you're going to purchase a book on dreams or learning to prophesy, don't purchase it if you're not going to use it. I'm not trying to just sell product. That's not, I, I kept the prices for all my life the same. I've not changed them, because I want you to get the material inside of you. It's my heart burns to see you productive for God's kingdom. Amen? All right. Let the games begin. Yay! It's so much fun to serve the Lord. Who told, who told you God is boring? Good to see you, Mark Keen. thought you weren't going to be here. Your face got very long. It seemed to me the beard has lengthened your face. Is this your daughter next to you? She's lovely. Look at that. Who knew? Yeah. God could use those jeans, amazing. <laughs> Your wife? Yeah, okay. Good jeans. All right, I'm going to ask, uh, there's a row here, a guy that's got a blue shirt, folded arms, a beard and khakis and sneakers. Would you stand, sir, and have that whole row stand with you? There's five of you on that row, young and young and not so young. All of you five, you stand, please. All you sinners, Take your stuff. Let's go down where I can I'd like some more light in the house so I can actually see who I'm talking to. If you don't mind, if you have lights, if you have paid your your bills, it'd be great. All right. What's your name with the blue shirt? Uh, My name's Taylor. Taylor. And this is your? This is my wife, Emily. Did you know that, ma'am? Good. (laughs) What is your name? Emily. Emily and Taylor. And your last name is? Adams. Adams. Oh, the Adams family. After, what do I have heard that before? <laughs> how many little monsters? How many children do you have?
1: We don't have any yet.
0: Okay, and how long are you married?
1: i would be three years, out of the tenth of this month.
0: You know, in Texas, we only need nine months. That's all we need. In Texas, where I come from, it happens pretty fast. Yeah. What do you do, Taylor? I'm a pharmacy technician. A pharmacy technician. What do you do, young lady? I'm a special education assistant. A specialist? What? A special education assistant. Ah, Special Ed. Yeah, that's my. That's what his daughter calls me. Special Ed. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're a lovely couple, sir. Uh, the, you're a good man of God that God has put his hand on. You take a little longer than most people to get to arrive at a certain understanding or decision especially, but you get there. That's the thing with you is you'll keep you slow, but you'll get there and you'll get there well. You do everything you do, you're gonna do it right the first time. You weren't highly Um, regarded when you were younger they didn't expect a whole lot from you and yet God kept blessing you your education or your training or your development is not over it's going to go a little further because you are smart and you're an accumulator of knowledge and understanding and you're very thorough you're always listening and watching and gathering information and I'm very glad that you're in the church because God would like to use you with his people to be an encourager wonderful all right In your heart and mind, even though you have connections here in this area, your mind is always looking to another place, to an, moving out of here. And God says He doesn't want you to think that way. He wants you to sink the roots deep, because one place is no better than the other, except where God wants you to be. And He wants to bless you where you are. It is His God's plan not for you to only have your own business, but to have a whole chain of different businesses that he's got planned for you. And he wants to prosper you because you are that one that nobody expected to succeed, that God's going to fool them all with and bless you beyond even your wildest dreams and really bless you because you're a builder. As for you, ma'am, I apologize to you for those that were less than kind to you. Growing up even, they wouldn't recognize you're a strong lady and you were un unappreciated, but I'm here to tell you from God that it was a very happy day when you were born because you have so much goodness inside of you, so much love, the gift of God and used to fight For the underdog that nobody wants. All that you went through made you that person that cares. You always wanted just to be someone's friend. You weren't high demand, you weren't high maintenance, but yet people would not regard you. In fact, you were betrayed so many times. It was just heartbreaking. But the Lord says you learned from this to be kind and gracious because your life is only now beginning. That God would use you beyond even all the things that you were expecting. And God's going to turn the people that would laugh at you and make fun of you behind your back to become the very needy people that will need your life and ministry. You are a powerhouse. There's no way to describe you. God has anointed you to touch people's lives. You're an overcomer. You have overcome so much that nothing will hold you back anymore. You're a great woman. You will have your own children. There's a medical thing that needs to be fixed and adjusted on you. It's small. It's not a big issue, but it needs to get done. When it's done, it's gonna just open up the factory and we're gonna be having all those kids and you'll be an outstanding mom. You'll be a great mom, but more than that, You're going to be a a kind aunt, a kind neighbor, kind. You're going to help so many people because you are that special. You just are that little lady. I'm thrilled that the two of you are married because you are so different. I can see the communication must be a joke sometimes because he doesn't always answer you. It's the funniest thing. And yet... You are so well-suited in so many ways and will be really a force to be reckoned with for the enemy. There is no question. Thank you for being who you are. Do you want to say something? Yeah.
1: I hear that you have a gift, sir, with to work with computers, like a computer programmer. There's a, I hear there's going to be a lot of computers in your future. Uh, is he technical? I'm asking you. I don't know. Maybe you're technical. You're telling I'm telling you you're technical, then... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord says you're technical. That's, I, I sense that about you, sir, and that besides the technical, the business person working uh, successfully, that you are also a man of, of love and compassion on yeah. people. And I mm. really sense that you're uh, like Prophet said, that you're going to be a great father. Even be besides that, you ooze love to people around you, and there's a gift inside you. For you, ma'am, I know you said you work with the special needs uh, assistant. It's kind of in the back, but Your voice, the Lord loves, and uh, I sense the Lord's bringing you more in the front to be vocal for the kingdom of God and be seen by people because you're such a
0: jewel to God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. And so, what's your name? Sir? Greg. Greg, are you family of theirs?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Uncle Greg.
0: Uncle Greg. Uncle Greg, are you by yourself here? Your daughter, do you have a wife?
1: Yeah, she's at work today. She's in the hospital.
0: She's in Austin? Hospital. She's hospital. hospital. She's a nurse. She's a nurse, so she's working. She's not sick. No, she's working. I have a great appreciation for nurses. They work so hard, and doctors get all the praise, but the nurses do all the work. That's what it seems to me anyway. So how many children do you have, you say?
1: Three.
0: Three, and the one is here? This is my youngest, and I have okay. two granddaughters. Now, Oddly enough, you say your wife's a nurse, but the, the devil would have loved to have taken you out. There was a date that he had decreed he would move you from this earth and God intervened and lengthened your life. So you were supposed to be dead, but God watched over you and brought you here. You're an incredible man in so many ways because you're so, you can be so positive and you just don't do the whiny, complaining thing. You just get up and go and, and uh, just, you, you have such a thankful heart and appreciative spirit. You just, uh, you can also be difficult at times about some things and stubborn, but your heart is absolute gold you're just a remarkable you just will have faith and believe and see god in action and you just have you, most of what you seem to be difficult with is not even a selfish agenda it's got nothing to do with that it's just what you really believe to be right you have a sense of str- strong sense of right and wrong that god put in you as a child already and people don't always agree with you because your methods of imply applying those things aren't always the fun fun things to do and you can be very set on some of those ways so god is teaching you as you get older to be more tactful about how you apply some of the great truths that you do have in your soul God is your strength and God restoring to your bloodline what the enemy stole because there was great wealth and blessing in your bloodline in years gone by and God restoring it to the children the children's children God's bringing it back that's his promise to you God has brought you this far you can honestly testify that God has delivered you so many times you've seen God's hand help you time after time and that you know God from experience for sure you Know who the living God is. Uh, God is with you. Your wife is quite a, a wonderful lady in so many ways. She's very unselfish. She's had her own medical things to deal with, the God has healed and helped her. And she talks about retiring all the time but doesn't have a, have the strength to do it because she wants to be always a help and a blessing to people. It's a real ministry for her. And it's, it's her kindness and love and her faith that people's lives are touched by, not her skill to nurse. So I just want you to know that she's a, also a blessing from heaven in so many ways. And you guys are just a, a real addition to God's kingdom.
1: What I heard is that you're
0: you're like an old uh, country boy that's um,
1: not, not too much trouble but a very hardworking working individual and that um, um, you have a lot of wisdom and understanding to share with people. Uh, The other thing is that when he asked you about your your family, like everyone here is your family and that you are very, um, you're very welcome here. You're very part of this family. Um, The other thing is that um, God has very specific plans for your future and that he's giving you great um, insight and keys because I hear that you're going to help rescue people and help uh, find the treasures that God has in people, and it's like you're you're working with people that that need help.
0: Amen. All right, thank you so much, <laughs> Mister. Take your seats, please. What's your name? Kim. Hi, Kim. And the next to you is somebody you know. My mother. Your mother. Did you know that, ma'am? <laughs> I'm just checking. So, what do you do, Kim? I'm a retired attorney. Retired. How do attorneys retire? I, well, I'm working for free now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's hard to believe for an attorney. <laughs> Kim, the word that popped in my spirit was God says to leave behind you what's behind you, and He's wiping all your tears. Uh, you had a very unfair. Journey. Very. Uh, people have. Everyone has difficulties. But you had an unfair dose of it, of people, but letting you down and hurts and disappointments. And God wants to bring a song back in your heart, and bring gladness for you. And uh, you can't look back anymore and have a hope and a trust in people, but your hope and trust must be in the living God only. God is your strength and your helper, and he has helped. When you've called upon him, he's he's used you. There is international travel in your life that is laid already, uh, planned by God for you, certain connections that God has. You're a special agent for him because he places you in the most unusual ways. You wonder even how you got into law because it's so different in so many ways. You have so many other skills and abilities and law is, uh, was, a, was a heavy burden on your soul in many ways. But your skill really is, but your real heart is to help people. You care. You genuinely care and want to help. And uh, I'm so sorry that there was no gratitude, so little honor and recognition. But your all your blessing, all your reward will come from the living God because you did a lot more than you were paid for or asked of so many times and you had people that were supposed to be in your side that would betray and pull you down but the Lord was always for you and your helper and so God has dried your tears and filling your soul with laughter and joy that is the plan of God because your life was so heavy laden and so heavy burdened but he wants to let that burden fall off you and bring you the gladness and the joy that you were missing all these years that's what God's plan as for your mother who's a strong very strong little lady what is your name ma'am? Linda, there is no pushover in you. You've had to fight so many battles. And you know how to spring that devil down. You know how. You don't do whiny complaining at all. You don't even tolerate it. You always want to motivate people very quickly because you have faith in God. You come from a bloodline of people that believed God, that had a faith. And in that faith, that's why it's in your DNA and it's passed down. And your even your daughter has a lot of it in her and her and then those that come after her will all have that faith because it's in you and your prayers have reached heaven so many times and touched so many lives you are a prayer warrior and there is just no way that devil can get you down. You're a fight back and nobody can bully you because you just you don't do bully, you don't do wine, you don't do bully, you just get on and get the job done. God is your strength. You've had some sufferings and losses in your life that weren't right and weren't fair, but you never blamed God or held God accountable. You always gave God the, the glory and sovereignty that he was. And God will say your reward is enormous because of your good spirit and good attitude. You are an asset to the kingdom. You may think that you are more senior and have no value here but you have extreme value whenever you walk in that door you bring the goodness and the glory of God with you you are a carrier of the supernatural you're a carrier of the of the faith and so God honors you you have someone that you pray for consistently it's not your daughter you pray a lot for all your family but you this one particular one that you're fighting for a breakthrough and God says I have assigned a very specific angel to bring about a, the purpose you've asked of me Hey, what I
1: what I hear for the uh, attorney daughter, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, but what I'm hearing is that God has got new friends for you, and I hear this strange word. A lot, I guess a lot of my words are strange, but <laughs> uh, there is a downsizing coming, and because you're you have a calling to help. Um, also bring aid to people. So even though you were an attorney, or you're still an attorney, there is spiritual gifts that God's going to uh, grow you in, like discernment. And you're you're bringing life. You're a real life source to people, and you're you're going to uh, here to serve and help people.
0: alright, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for sitting, for being here. Um, uh, Rebecca, pick three people quickly. I've, I've got time, Pastor. Are you standing? Oh, you are. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, there's a gentleman, about a white gentleman, um, a hair like you or like Mark, um, in a I think it's a denim jacket. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Two more. Oh,
0: two more.
1: Um, I don't know names. I don't. I mean, if I know their name, I'll use it. Um, there is a lady right here in a denim jacket. Apparently, I'm attracted to denim jackets. Um, and. Yes. And then um, I believe it's Caleb in a orange. I, I know someone's name.
0: I've got Caleb. somebody. Caleb. Caleb in Caleb in the orange hat. Caleb, and, all right. Let's start with the lady this side. What's your name? Janine. Hi, Janine. Are you in this church? No, visiting. Are you visiting? You're very welcome. You're amongst friends. You are very welcome here. Your life has been a very strange journey too, and uh, you've always purposed to serve God and. Uh, there were those in your family that were faithful to the Lord and some were just uh, disappointing. Uh, that really, and, and it's helped to confuse your little journey along where you are. And you're looking for answers right now. You're looking for what God has for you. You know it's a change of season and a change of time. And the Lord has smiled upon you. You're not of doubt, but you're over-careful because you've been burned by Christians and people in church and leadership and manipulation, and you need to shake all that off because God is leading you by His Spirit. You know the ways of God. You know the goodness of God. You've seen God move in your life before. You've had some less than favorable decisions that you had made in the last period that's behind you and you're trying to recover from so many things and God is your strength and your shield I'm here to tell you from the Lord that he has left behind you what is behind you he has put it way behind it's time to move on God's blessing and making a lot of changes in your life even the even where you work there's a major change he's doing everything new and fresh for you. Everything new and fresh. Putting a song back in your heart because there was a time when you used to laugh and enjoy things but the burden of life got a little much for you and God is refreshing all these things. He cares about you. Putting a song back in your heart and He's going to introduce you to the right kind of family spiritually which you need. You just can't do another flaky weird. You can't do all that stuff and control you. Do not like the control. I release you from every control in your family, in your for everywhere the spirit of control. Control. No more, no more. You're a very smart lady, very educated. You have a lot of going for you, and the doors are going to open that were never open before. In the next three years, mega changes are coming that will influence your life for the rest of your life. That's God's promise. I don't know if you have a child Is as younger than you. I see standing next to you that God says that the compassion uh, that you have for them and the real zeal and the prayer that you've been praying to God, he's, that prayer you've been praying has been heard and will be answered. God has a special timing and a way that he wants to t- deal with the situation. You've got to trust him with your family. You've got to trust him because he knows what he's doing. You can't fix everything. You've always been a fixer. You've always been the one that corrects and fixes and helps everybody. Everyone comes to you and you pay every bill. You do everything. You you can't do it all. You're not the savior. You've got to do what God tells you. He's your strength. But God is pleased with you. You're just a little tired right now and he's going to refresh your heart with gladness. That's the promise of the Lord. Got anything? All right, the
1: first word that I heard was about a mortgage that God was gonna help you with, but uh, at the end of it, I felt like it was confirmed because th- there is a a move that you're involved with that's actually not in Kentucky, but another state. Um, the other thing that I heard was that you are um, very strong and you're a very qualified leader, and God's got a very different job for you. As I saw you with a hat on, uh, like a ball cap and a whistle in your mouth, and uh, you are very qualified for the next season of your life and the leadership and God's going to make everything work out right
0: it's the denim parade you're both wearing denim jackets what's your name sir Ted your name's Ted and this is your lovely wow she looks so young what is your name Geraldine And you are legally married? Just checking. (laughs) How long you married? Seven years. Seven years. And what do you do, Ted? You work for the state of police. You act so tough, but you really got the kindest heart. You're a big teddy bear in so many ways. You've always been. You can get tough if you really have to, but it's not natural for you. You have a heart of a of, of a real dad. You care about people and you always show mercy. And uh, you make a little bit impulsive and quick decisions at times, a little bit too in a hurry. But the truth is about you, really God has gifted you to help young people. The young people are always drawn to you. You have a vision to help young people, especially if they have a real need They'll listen. You've just you're just been in an environment where a lot of negative, the wrong kind of young people have been, but there are a lot of out there that need a second chance and God's gonna lead you to that. There's a whole ministry waiting for you to touch the lives of young people. That's God's plan. All the judgment that was against you for some of the impulsive decisions you made in years gone by or less than thought through, but you're, just, you're not a complicated man. You're just not. Uh, some people are complex. You're just not. You just try to do all the things that are right. You're always a mama's kid. You're always a mama's boy and that's who you are just not complicated and you've got a heart of gold and I'm so sorry for the judgment that was there before you and so this is not God's plan as for you ma'am the tears and the hardship you went through I promise you will not go through anymore you keep carrying yesterday in your soul you got to let go of yesterday you can't change it but you can move forward you cannot please everybody my sister it's not possible even God cannot please everybody There are people in your family that keep barking and I release you from that, all that spirit of control, all the things they're saying, you just can't fix it all. God wants you to be happy with him. He's a lot different to what you're used to. He's very different and things keep changing, but he's a good man and he, life will never be dull. He's actually one big kid that's overgrown. Just, uh, he just has a kid's heart. It's not complicated. Whether he's a policeman, doesn't make any difference. He's got a heart of a young boy who's just a zealous and he, he really wants to bless you. He wants you to be happy. That's his heart. And he does sometimes things that are less than always wise because it's just that he's very innocent of heart. So give him a chance and watch him. Become the friend that you never had, more than a husband, a friend, because that's what he really is. He's got no agenda, no ulterior motive, he's got a pure heart, and he wants to bless you. God wants you to shake and sh- let go of my sister of all the disappointments and what they what they did to you can't be put on him because it was it's not him they did that to you shake it off God wants to bless you and do you good and you're going to have forgiveness in your heart even toward them that did you wrong because they need the forgiveness and more than that you need the forgiveness God will be your healer as a sign to you there's a physical thing going on as I'm speaking to you that needs attention even soon the devil's trying to destroy you and kill you and and you and he wants you to buy into it by faith because of what they said the diagnosis was. So I'm here to tell you there's a key in your hand and the key is to forgive those that did wrong to you. Forgive them, release them with your mouth every day and watch how your body will heal without any surgery, without any treatment. Watch God heal you. You're not going to die.
1: Yeah, I hear transformation to to you guys. You guys are such a wonderful couple, and a and a couple that I believe God is wanting to use for impacting other couples and families. And I hear that your home is a place of of growth and healing, where people come, where couples come, and uh, you guys are just very dynamic. And I and I hear that there's transformation even to like not just the things that need healing, but the appearance of your bodies and the appearance of how people see you guys. You guys are very uh, um, purposely here and purposely in this town. So good to meet you. All right.
0: Thank you, Jesus. And the orange hat. This guy there. What's your name? Caleb. Caleb. Hi, Caleb. So what do you do for a living? Working where?
1: I'm working for a gym.
0: For a gym? Yes. Okay. So you're born again, right? You gave your heart to Jesus? Uh, Yes. And you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. You speak in tongues? I do not. It's not hard.
1: I just, I'm not supposed to give sound to it or voice to it. I just don't know how to do it.
0: Well, I hope you, when you're in the car again, just just blurt it out. Just do that, it's very easy. Or say Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you, when you're in the car, just, just blurt it out. Okay. God is knocking on your door. God is knocking on your door. He wants to change the tide. He wants to change the way things have been. He wants to change all the constant negative that seems to be one this thing after another. God wants to change that. He wants to change stuff about your life. And there's been so many curses and so many negative things that have worn you down. And God wants to heal, and, but you've got to let Him. You've got to ask Him to. You've got to want Him to, that He can refresh your life and do a great new thing for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a good thing he has he said I know the plans I have for you to do you good and not harm that's what God has for you you've had uh, stuff happen in your childhood that should never have happened things that happened to you growing up and you were a victim You were, it was not your doing things happen and I'm sorry for that but you've got to leave that behind you otherwise you'll live there the rest of your life and that's not what's going to happen you'll not be victorious like that you're not finished your education I see books waiting for you to resume and to get going with that because He wants God wants you to succeed in that he Wants you to. And you're supposed to be in this family and get healing and restoration and rebuild in this house. That's what God wants for you. Don't miss any church services because God's got every time you come here, it's going to make you stronger and healthier. Yep. And there's lots of healing in your family. What the rebuilding and restoration in your own family? God's going to fix many things of relationships that have been burned, that have been hurt, that have been that need of refreshing. God will do it by His Spirit. He cares about you a whole lot more than you know. He only supplies your needs as you need them. He you think that you need so many things you'd like to have and you wish you had that and you need this car and that thing. If you just let God take care of you, he will provide for you every day what you need. Do you understand that? Okay, thank you. Eric, do you have anything? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Here's what I, the two things I want to say is that
1: you're smarter than what people have told you and you're going to come through this season of change. You're, there's a better job and future that anyone's ever talked to you about for you. There's education that God has planned for you. It's going to take discipline and training. Uh, all right? And,
0: uh. Thank you, Lord. So you've got a new baby. What's your name? I'm Hannah Montana, and this baby is, what's the name? Quill. Will. Will? Quill. Quill. That's a good name, Quill. And how old is Quill now? Is two and a half. half. He's not walking yet. Just checking. and That is your first, second, third. What? Third, third baby. And where's the husband? Um, he's at work. He's in the army. In the army. They work in the army now. <laughs> that's, uh, a that's a joke. Okay, that's the joke. Okay. <laughs> and where are the other two kids? In the. Yeah. Great. Uh, the, you're a very strong, overcoming woman. Tell me your name again. Your name, your name is? Hannah. Hannah. that's right. Hannah for the recording. So Hannah, you are a very strong woman of God. And even though it's, some of it's so overwhelming at times, you feel you can't manage everything, God is... Thrilled with you because you are an overcomer, and you've got a good spirit and good heart, and you are you are really a soldier in God's kingdom, and He's with you. You have not because you ask not. If you just tell God what you want, you're not dependent upon the military income or their, their all their little benefits. You have one in the, one dependency, and that's the living God. You've tried to please the family, and there's been everyone had a different comment, and everyone had a different requirement, and that's what's wearing your soul down because you you, you don't they don't appreciate. All the blessings of God in your life, the way you want to. You want them to see it. But the Lord is with you and He's giving you grace how to be kind, even to those that don't understand your choices and where you've come. But you are in the center of God's will. It's just a season of raising kids and and some adjustments, but this won't stay like this. Even your husband won't stay in the army. So much will change in the future, and God's going to bless it. You did the right thing. You're on the right track. It's going to all work together for good according to a purpose that God's always had for you. God is with you, and he's pleased with you. You need to hear that he's pleased with you. You don't have to try and please somebody else. God's pleased with you. You have great kids and and your kids will all be, not one of them will be quiet. Unfortunately, they're all going to be very active. And It seems like you, can I just have one kid that's quiet? Uh, They're all going to be like fire hydrants, pouring out enormous amounts of information and life always. But they're all leaders and you are a tremendous mom, a tremendous mom. And they will become very strong. The children will all serve God from the beginning to the end because of you, because of you. Thank you so much. Where is my helper?
1: I heard the Lord say that he's watching over your husband. He's going to be fine. And that your husband is maturing in the right pace. And will continue to mature. And and grow in education and wisdom. And that as your husband's not around, God will protect you. You have nothing to fear.
0: All right. So what is your name with the orange shirt? The young fella. Paul. Paul. And you are Silas? (laughs) Patsy. Patsy. You, someone's patsy. All right. And how many children do you guys have? How many children? Well, Pa had three when I married him. I don't have any. You know, you're not not trying for kids right now. No, not not really. (laughs) Sir, the Lord has extended your years, not shortened them. You need to know that. I know when we get up in the years, we're expecting any time to check out but your time is still not up. I just have to tell you, even though it seemed pretty close the other day, it just seemed like something knocked on your door. It's not so. You still have your, you still have a journey to go. Even though the model is older, the mileage is still low and God has stuff for you to do. Uh, you're a good man and God has heard your prayers. The devil has robbed you so many times, so many times. But God, but God, but God is giving back to you and your children and your children's children. That's the promise of God. What God celebrates today is your good heart you never blamed him you never you never got bitter and angry you always kept a good heart and that pleased the Lord so great shall be your reward and your reward will be not only eternity but especially through your children because God is knocking and working on them all they're all going to know him and serve him you don't have to be concerned not one of your kids will be lost that's God's promise for sure as for you Patsy you're a delight to the Lord you're an unselfish kind person you're unusual do you have your own little unusual ways we can't always understand them but you're not complicated you're just very sweet and loving and God appreciates the fact that you serve and help and never ask for much in life you shed enough tears when you were young and you served before you met him even you served and helped others through the difficulties of their life and so great shall be your reward because you were a servant of servants and God's going to always been attracted to servants and love people that serve so God will do anything you ask of him God wants you to be blessed and happy it's been a most long hard journey for you looking back in your life in so many ways yet so rewarding in other ways and so God is with you this is a delightful restful time of your life God wants you to enjoy the fruit of your labor and watch God bless let other people bless you You have a hard time receiving Patsy you still have a hard time receiving let people bless you They will do good things for you they want to because you it's your time Nothing. Okay, good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to be back tonight, and the, don't forget the books and CDs that are back there. If you want to be get available to that, check our website, propheticlife.com, and I'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock. What? Is that 6 o'clock? Yes, 6.30, six 30. Six 30, thank you.